from the big screen to the small screen and everything in between. This is the Screeners Podcast, where all media is appreciated, but none is safe. Hey guys, and welcome to the Screeners Podcast, where we review all things media. I'm Melody. This is Chad. I'm Chris. And I'm Daniel. Wait, what? And- <laughs> who, who, who is that? They know Daniel. Daniel was with us last episode. He already oh. made his mark. He's already <laughs> welcome back. Welcome back, Daniel. I'm normally I normally hear like a grunt or a groan, and there wasn't one. I'll week. work on that. I'll work on that. Okay, yes. Can awesome. you can you hate a lot of other things? And when oh, I say yeah. other things, I mean everything. Then it'll be just like normal. <laughs> Oh, no, we are not replacing Josh, <laughs> gentlemen. Do not speak of such things. Josh will be back with us. He will be. He perhaps is MIA for this episode, but he tells us he's doing something important. But really, we know he's probably just run out of his stellar wit and his biting cynicism. And he'll he'll be back when he comes back with some more one-liners to share with all I of us. cannot wait to hear his critique of movies he has not seen. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> Nobody is quite like Josh, but we are happy to have Daniel back again this time, who actually does love movies, Mm -hmm. so maybe it's a win-win for everyone this time. But anyways, you guys know that we all love to hear ourselves talk, Uh, these boys probably more so than myself, but we do also love to hear from you guys, so if you hear anything on the show that you want to hear us talk more about, or if you guys have ideas for um, different topics for us to discuss in the future, definitely leave us a comment at screenerspodcast.com or you can send us an email at screenerscast at gmail.com or you can always find us on Facebook as well. So uh, enough with the intro stuff. We've got an exciting show to record. So let's get into it. For this week's Jump Cuts, we decided to have our very first favorite film of the summer, the official Screeners Podcast Seal of Approval. Not only that, but we thought, hey, if we're talking about our favorites, we should also talk about our least favorites and maybe even our biggest surprises of the summer. Now, our criteria for this list was very simple. It had to be released in the theater somewhere between March and August. And so what we're going to do is go around and we're going to start with our least favorite you know what we're not going to do that we're going to start with our favorite film of the summer because i have a feeling i could be wrong that we're all going to be somewhat in agreement maybe not we'll find out so what we're going to do is go down each one at a time talk about our favorite films very briefly and why and see if we can duke it out to pick the screener's favorite film of the summer so let's start with chris chris you love everything so, I do. Of all the I things do. that you love, what yes. do you love the most this summer? Well, I'll have to tell you and be honest. Six months ago, I saw a trailer for a film that absolutely blew me away. And oftentimes when you see a trailer that's so good, it promises so many wonderful things. And I was positive it wasn't going to live up to that hype. And it did. And that movie was Mad Max Fury Road. It wasn't a Fantastic Four? It wasn't Fantastic <laughs> oh, Four. Dang it. <laughs> I wasn't looking forward to that movie at all, and I didn't actually go see that film. So anyway, but my favorite film of the summer season was Mad Max. Man, it was so good in every single way. I know we've already lauded it with praise, but anyway, I, I, I really enjoyed Mad Max. It was, it was wonderful. Mad Max it is. Okay, are we going to have a clean sweep? To find out, let's go to Daniel. Now, Daniel, we know that you see all the movies. And uh, very interested to see if your pick or what your pick is for favorite film of the summer. Yeah, Mad Max Fury Road was one of the best films I've seen in a really, really long time. But uh, uh, I have but? to go with yes, but what? Uh, my favorite movie of the summer is Me and Earl and the Dying Girl. Wow! Okay. So I know it sort of tanked at the box office, but it, it uh, was a it was a Sundance hit. And really, I just it doesn't get much better than, uh, for me than uh, a nice indie, uh, emotional, hilarious drama comedy thing hybrid. And um, that's exactly what that was. So I know not many people have seen it, but that so one beat it out. It's a, an mm-hmm. emotional drama comedy thing hybrid is yes, your description. Yeah, that makes me no, want to run no. out and see it right now. Oh, no, not so much. By hybrid, do you mean that there are monster trucks and uh, desert scenes in 
meet Earl and the Dying oh, Girl? No, here we go. Not quite. You not lost me. Quite. Okay, then I'm not. I'm not interested. I actually very much, I, I, Daniel. It makes my heart warm on the inside to have someone on this podcast that likes to see those kinds of movies because I have to. The only time I can get Chris to see those is when we're doing a segment called "Force Me to Watch," and he always <laughs> loves them. He always loves I do. them, but then he won't yeah. watch them anymore. So it's weird. It's like I love this pizza. I'll never <laughs> eat it again. That's so uh, not true. that's not true. <laughs> anyway, I, I have not seen that uh, film, but I am very much looking forward to it. So that's great. So best of the summer over Mad Max. Mm-hmm. Interesting. All right. It was a tough call. It was a tough call. All right, Melody. What do you think? What's your best film of the summer well i appreciate daniel bringing that film to the table because i've also not seen it so i'll have to check it out but for me there is no competition for sure mad max fury road is definitely my my top favorite my my runners up uh aren't even close so they're really not even worth mentioning comparing to mad max definitely one of the most enjoyable films that i've seen in a long time and well, I've spent plenty of time on this podcast singing its praises, so clearly it is my pick for the summer. Awesome. And so the only thing that makes me sad about not having Josh here is that he would be literally, <laughs> his head would be exploding. It would right be. Now. We probably couldn't come to a consensus because if Josh was <laughs> he's here. He thinks it's like the worst movie of the last decade, which I don't even know, what, I don't even know what to say about that. There are no words there for are that. literally no words. Well, for me, it wasn't as clean of a, of a pick for me. I actually... Uh, for the summer films between Mad Max and Inside Out, I was I was back and forth, and you know I have to admit that Inside Out, as a parent, probably has a little bit more resonance than uh, than I, it would have normally had. But it's just a beautiful, beautiful film, and it's even better on a second viewing, in my opinion. Uh, but for me, it's also Mad Max. Mad Max is kind of one of those seminal works that you get once in a decade, and it redefines how people make movies, how they make action. It's almost a silent film. All the things that we've already said about it on this podcast uh, makes it a winner for me. So we'll we'll uh, we'll move on on really quick. Obviously, three out of four votes. Daniel, you're outvoted. The screener's favorite <laughs> movie of the summer is Mad Max. So before we move on, very quickly, you guys have any honorable mentions? Like I had Inside Out, anything that was close, or was it just clear for you, Daniel? I know you said Mad Max was up in there. Chris, what about you? Anything else? No, I, I, you know, Mad Max had it by a long shot. It was so surprising, and it lived up so well to my expectations and, and surpassed them that I was, I was amazed. PCA though, PCA, PSA. That's what I want to say. PSA. <laughs> I was like, I'm uh, so, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> PCA. What? I don't what, know. What does that even mean? <laughs> no, uh, it's available to buy on iTunes right now, and it has about an hour and a half of behind-the-scenes bonus features showing you how they made every single piece of that movie. It is incredible. If you enjoyed that film and you'd like to know how they made it, uh, what they did in order to make those cars do what they do, check it out. It's it's great. It's a yep. fantastic watch. It That's really is. That's great. I'm definitely going to wait a few more weeks and get the Blu-ray because it's still better than the streaming. But whatever. Whatever. And here we go. It is. The quality, <laughs> the fidelity is better right now. It won't yeah. always be, but it is right now. Uh, awesome, awesome. So now, guys, let's move to our least favorite films of the summer. Uh, and this, this, the only rules for this is that it's not necessarily what you're saying is the worst movie of the summer because there are, there's plenty that would be up for that uh, honor. But uh, this is for you, what was your least favorite experience of the theatrical releases in the summer? So we'll reverse the order this time, and we'll start with Melody. Melody, what do you? Th- what's your least favorite? This is tough for me because I I didn't see every movie this summer. I like really only saw the you know the big block, blockbusters or the better films. So uh, I, I have to pick from those. Like I didn't see Fantastic Four. I didn't see Pixels. I didn't see any of those terrible ones or whatever. It's down to two, and I feel like I'm gonna be hated whichever one I say. It's probably gonna be Age of Ultron for me. So sorry, wow. all of you Marvel fans. I mean, I, I'm picking of a, a, a lineup of pretty fun movies so it's either that or jurassic park sorry jurassic world <laughs> jurassic so world please do not say jurassic park all right Guys, jurassic let's be honest world. here excuse me melody i want to i want to commend you i really do for showing the bravery that it I, takes right because for, i live in the house with this man it is for you to actually be married to this man <laughs> and come out against this it's like almost your marriage is in the balance so <laughs> it's for i the appreciate sake of the podcast I, you're doing it for the art i appreciate that <laughs> yep. Yep. all right daniel uh, what about you what was your least least favorite film of the summer yeah i also didn't see pixels i'm sure i would hate that tremendously uh, <laughs> i didn't see it 
so I have to go with Fantastic Four. Um, you did was, see it. I did. I right. seen, You're one of the 14 people that saw that movie. <laughs> yes, and oh. so I just, it's not, it's really not as bad as the 9% on Rotten Tomatoes would, would lead you to believe, but it's still pretty bad, so... Yeah, that was definitely uh, my least favorite. So now I haven't seen that movie yet. So just we're not going to review it, obviously here. But just in you know, like ninety seconds or less, what what is it about this film that is so bad in your opinion? Well, really, it's just utterly boring. There is there are two action scenes in the entire movie, huh. and they're both very short. The ending fight scene is just so boring and predictable and short. And it's just no fun. I mean, we're going to see a superhero movie. It should be a little bit fun. Even The Dark Knight, I mean, it's dark and it's broody, but it's fun to watch. It's just, it was just an utter disappointment. One of my biggest qualms with it is a little bit spoilery, so I won't go into it. But they really just, they skipped, they, they, it started to get interesting, and then they just skipped everything. And, and so I just couldn't find anything interesting about it. Yeah. That the production behind the scenes on that has been very interesting, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. So, Chris, what about you? Is there a movie that you didn't like this summer? We're dying to know. You know, honestly, no, there isn't, and that's <laughs> exactly. why I'm having such a difficult time with this. I love it. Because no matter what I say, because Melody asked me uh, before we started, she's like, "What did you put as your least favorite?" And I told her what I'd put down. First of all, you guys just, shouldn't be colluding like that, but whatever. Well, we well, okay, it's true. We shouldn't be. However. Because she was wondering what I would say, because I I seem to enjoy all. I was of the testing films. the waters for the Jurassic World. Yeah, situation. She, <laughs> she wanted to know if it would be a marriage-ending <laughs> nuclear option that, that she did not want to. That was in. wise. Um, I would probably say, um, even though I I enjoyed it, there was a lot of faults with Tomorrowland, and so I'd probably put that because that was probably the most disappointing. I guess is what I would put that if I had to categorize it. In that, I was expecting it to be, you know, it's Brad Bird. It was. Damon Lindelof, and it just looked like it could be a really inspiring, exciting, different kind of movie, but I felt like they took it more men in black than I wish they would have. Uh, the first 30 or 40 minutes of the movie is, are, are, is really spectacular, um, but I don't know. They just kind of had a little bit of, of, of hiccups, but for, for me, Tomorrowland uh, was probably my least favorite but it still was enjoyable. I still had a good That's time. Good. So your your opinion has changed somewhat because I talked to you right after you saw this and you kind of yes. liked it. And you right, he loved it. He really did. If you remember, you and I had a little argument about this at your in your living room. I'm glad that you've <laughs> yes. come to your senses, though. That's good. You make. No, I am saying that I enjoyed. I enjoyed Tomorrowland. However, it was probably of all the films that I saw, it was probably the one that I enjoyed the least, or was the most disappointed. So you loved no, it with eighty-nine percent of your heart. This, is, I get this it. isn't fair. This I isn't fair. It. Well, my worst film of the summer was probably not the definitely not the worst film of the summer, but it definitely was the most disappointing, and that was Terminator Genesis. I have a special place in my heart for the Terminator franchise because it was the first R-rated film that I ever saw. It was the first Terminator movie. One of the first movies I ever saw in the theater was uh, T2. It was such an unbelievable experience to see that, that I've just, I've just loved this franchise for a long time. T3 was not great. We're not even going to talk about Salvation. I pretend that doesn't exist. But also, You didn't like Salvation? No, really? it was terrible. Why? It was terrible. Really? It was terrible. Oh. For Terminator Genesis, the biggest, the biggest sin, I think, for this one is just that it was very much like Daniel was saying. There were The stakes were kind of meaningless. Uh, there were no suspense, and when you're looking at the overarching, without giving spoilers away, you know they try. They certainly made their attempt to kind of reboot this thing, almost like a Days of Future Past kind of situation. Ultimately, it ended up not really meaning much within the canon of the series, and it was just so so disappointing. And just I don't understand why that movie exists, other than the fact that it was a commercial kind of a commercial money grab and the thing about it is arnold was actually pretty good in that movie he was the best thing about it but just overall very disappointing and and i left that just kind of like oh why 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 so for me that was that was had you guys did any of you see terminator genesis yes i did you did not did you like it chris I did. Uh, I was actually su- I was actually surprised. <laughs> surprised. The, the, the one the one thing that I, w- I I knew that going in that they had spoiled one of the biggest 
Um, oh yeah, it was horrible. Things in the trailers. Yes, I agree. Um, which was which was unfortunate. I Agreed. I think if I didn't know that, the movie would have been even more. So I tried to go in hedging that off, knowing that boy, I wish this was not the way that the filmmaker intended me to see it. It was the marketing department that ruined that for me. Right. So I tried to give the movie a little bit of credit. And no, I I actually, to be honest with you, I had Tomorrowland and I had Terminator Genesis as my you know the, the my least favorite films okay. of of the year just because i did feel like but at the same time i i think that they did some interesting things I in agree. genesis i agree but ultimately it just was it's kind of a meaningless sequel so for me it just it was was sad all right so it looks like chris has chris has picked tomorrowland daniel has picked uh, a movie that none of us have seen fantastic four melody picked avengers age of ultron i'm surprised that didn't get a bigger reaction uh, from Christopher, mm-hmm. uh, and I've picked Terminator, so we don't have a <laughs> consensus. But if I, if any one of us could change our vote, would any of you change it to one of the other screeners' votes just because it was close, or not? No, but I do have to admit, I, I had completely forgotten about Tomorrowland, which I, I, I liked okay, but I would say that that is a huge disappointment because you know Brad Bird, Damon Lindelof, everything Chris was saying, it was it was such a huge. It had so much potential, and it just really didn't live up to it at all. It was okay at best. Yeah, it was just a bummer. It was a bummer, although I do agree with the assessment that the first 20 minutes of that, I thought I was going to absolutely love that movie. I was like, this is mm-hmm. amazing, and then it went off, it was off a different. Rest. It was a different movie, yeah. So here's what – here is – this is interesting. So what we're going to have here is we're going to have our first 50-50 split because we're talking about changing votes. Melody, you don't want to change your vote, I'm assuming? Chris, no? Uh. No. Okay, so Daniel switches to Tomorrowland, which gives two for Tomorrowland. I am actually totally on board with switching to Avengers Age of Ultron because oh, I'm totally on board with what? that. Totally on board because, listen, you guys were actually in town when we saw that together, and we walked right. out of the theater, oh. and we did that little thing around my kitchen table, and yeah. that was that's a very close runner-up for me for second most disappointing movie of the summer because yeah. it just, oh was, it just wasn't. I was on a cross-country flight recently, and I had time to watch a couple movies, so I was like, you know, I bet I was too hard on Avengers. So I watched it again, and I was like, <laughs> nope, wasn't too hard. This is It's still not, not great. So I'm switching what? with you, Melody. We're All gonna- right. So we're half and half, so there's no consensus. So, But since I'm moderating, my vote counts for one and a half. So it's Avengers Age of Ultron. <laughs> Screeners to the win. Here we go. No, right, no, guys. I think I think, Josh I think would probably agree I with honestly, us. Of Ultron. I think we took, we can take his vote in proxy, right? Yes. No, no, no. I honestly I don't know this. I'm just going to check real quick. Let's let Rotten Tomatoes decide. No, <laughs> no, we will not do that. <laughs> no. So Tomorrowland has a fifty percent. Let's see what Age of Ultron I'm sure has. It has like seventy. Ridiculousness. No. I have no idea what it is. What is seventy four? Seventy four. Serious. Win. Tomorrowland no. wins. No, nope. Josh votes. Josh, hold on. Let me, let me see if I can hear Josh's voice. <laughs> yes, he hates Avengers: Age of Ultron and Chris. So yes, All right, guys. So let's move on now to our most surprising or our biggest surprise of the summer. Now, this could be a surprise in a good way or a surprise in a negative way. Uh, And let's start with Daniel. So, Daniel, what was your biggest surprise of the of the summer? All right. Well, uh, I almost went with San Andreas because uh, I had absolutely zero expectations for that movie. But you know what? I'm a sucker for a disaster movie. Ah. But I'm not going to go for that one. I'm going to go with. The Gift, which uh, we'll get into later on in this episode, but um, The Gift was a huge surprise uh, for me, and it really uh, turned out to be a really, really excellent movie. Interesting. I can't wait to talk mm. about that. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I can't either. <laughs> so you saw San Andreas, but haven't seen Terminator. What is wrong with your face, Daniel? Come on. Uh, well, I, I couldn't get over the name Terminator Genesis <laughs> with a Y. That's so. a fair point. That's a fair point. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Melody, what is you what was your biggest surprise? Well, I almost went with Mad Max just because as I've said many a time, I loved it so much I was very surprised because I didn't want to see it, whatever, whatever. But I felt like, you know, that had already had its place. So I went with Spy. Um oh. just because I feel like that kind of got a little bit forgotten this summer but that was a really really funny movie and a lot of times in comedies these days i'm not all that entertained like i there is much humor that doesn't necessarily 
entertain me anymore. But that movie was hysterical. I laughed pretty much the whole time. It was super fun. Melissa McCarthy is awesome. So Spy was my biggest surprise. I love that you say that. That was actually my runner-up for biggest surprise. It was great. Uh Absolutely hilarious. I agree. All right, Chris, what was your biggest surprise? Yeah, in fact, I've got Spy on my list as well um, as, as being that. It was between Spy... Mad Max, and actually, I put in um, Mission Impossible: Rogue Nation as well because I wasn't mm-hmm. sure what to expect. So you just with that. picked all kinds of things, <laughs> but no. But I, I think Spy is definitely the winner there because, honestly, from the trailer, it looked terrible, and so I was like, "This is just going to be a silly, run-of-the-mill yeah. comedy," and it turned it out it turned out being much different than that. I, I, I was quite enjoyable and shockingly fun. I want to watch it again. Yes. That's pretty rare. Spy was really funny. Daniel, <laughs> did you see Spy? Yeah, I saw it back in March, uh, and so that's why I kind of forgot about it. But uh, that was a really, really big surprise for me. I totally forgot about that one. Yeah, really. Did funny. it come out in March? Really? March? No, I, no. He's a Daniel's big fancy pants down there in Atlanta, and he can see stuff uh, early. So, uh, Melissa McCarthy, no big deal. Whatever, whatever. Oh, you saw it with <laughs> her? Oh, was she in the screening? That was. Is that true? That is true, actually. That's awesome. That's very awesome. That so is. now, wait a minute. Hang on just a second. Can you bring us un- into the into the into the veil and let us loop. know how, how that happened? What, is there a story there? Is that an, is that like a normal thing for you, or you just kind of go to screenings? With... He's big time in us. Yeah, we didn't realize. I mean, it sounds like it. Right. I didn't know. Yeah, well, it actually sort of is a normal thing, not the celebrity thing so much, but yeah, I go to uh, early screenings pretty often. It's a perk of living in a big city, so. Nice. That's great. It just so, so it's not because you're was... in the industry. It's because you're in a big city, or or do you have like a like? Is there a a thing you've done in order to get into these? Uh, no, it's actually extremely easy. I would love to say that it was because I'm a big hotshot, but no. Uh, it's really really easy if you live in a sort of larger city uh, like Atlanta, where I live. Pretty regularly, we have an, a pre-screen nearly once a week. So um, well, excuse nice. me, Mr. Once a Week. Wow. That must be nice. Well, come back to Cleveland, Tennessee, where most movies <laughs> they don't even show. So how you like hey, that? Hey, Chad, Chad, I have Chad, to I drive want you to... an hour and a half to the closest theater in Knoxville to see the movies that I want to see, especially at Oscar season. It's terrible. Oh. Go ahead, Chris. What were you saying? I was saying I want you to edit his response to say that he is hot stuff. Uh, and make <laughs> I it could sound tell you what I had to do to get into that room, but you didn't <laughs> like it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's awesome. So my my biggest surprise, I did a good and a bad. My bad we've already talked about was Tomorrowland. I, I, my biggest surprise was how bad that movie turned out to be after such a promising start. And my good surprise was one that you already mentioned, Chris, and that was Mission Impossible Rogue Nation. I went into it with medium expectations. I love I love Chris McQuarrie. I, I liked what uh, Ghost Protocol did, but I had no idea that I would love the movie that much. Uh, and, and if I'm being truthful about favorite films, Inside Out, Mad Max, this one is in, at least in the conversation for me. It yeah. was just such totally. a great, great movie, and I cannot wait to see it again. So that was the biggest surprise for me. I had, I had no idea I would love it as much as I did. So do we have a consensus for a surprise? Spy you think? wins. Yeah, spy. Spy, wins. spy. Yeah, because it was second <laughs> on my list. Yeah, spy. Spy it is. So well well done, Melissa McCarthy. You won the screener's biggest surprise of the summer, and not just because you and Daniel were hanging out together. So, thank <laughs> she, you guys. She slipped you a 20, didn't she? And that's, that's how this happened. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to our main event. Welcome to the main event. All right, guys. This week on the screeners, we are going to do a double header for our main event. We're going to be reviewing and talking about the gift and the man from Uncle. But first, let's talk about the gift. This is a mid-century modern home. This view is fantastic. The lighting is great. You like it? Yeah. Do you? This is good. <laughs> I'm very happy. Excuse me. Is your name Simon? Yes, sir. It is you. Hi. We went to school together. This is my wife, Robin. This is, I didn't get your name. Gordon Mosley. Uh, Gordo. Gordo? Oh, my God. I'm so sorry to recognize you. It's been a very, very long time. Welcome home, smiley face Gordo. How do you think he got our address? That's an expensive bottle of wine. We should thank him. I believe that the bad things in life, they can be a gift. That guy's odd. He's a little socially awkward, but I can be like that. Gordo, hi. Hi. <laughs> After high school, and some people stay exactly the same. Thank you. He's delusional, thinks that we're friends. Thanks for a lovely dinner. Fish food. You don't find that a little troubling. <laughs> I said that I wanted fish. 
and all the visits when you're alone. They used to call him Gordo the Weirdo. I think he's nice, and he's been very generous. What you're talking about is a one-sided friendship. You're essentially being forced into a breakup. There's no easy way to say this. Don't visit us anymore. Just tell me what happened. It was 25 years ago. I have no idea who you really are. Simon says. You think you're done with the past, but the past is not done with you. The IMDb description of The Gift is as follows. A young married couple's lives are thrown into a harrowing tailspin when an acquaintance from the husband's past brings mysterious gifts and a horrifying secret to light after more than 20 years. It stars Jason Bateman, Rebecca Hall, and Joel Edgerton, and it's directed by Joel Edgerton. So let's talk a little bit about The Gift. Melody, what did you think? about the movie okay so first i would just say if you love movies and you don't like to have movies spoiled for you at all you might not want to listen to much of even our initial comments on this movie like obviously we don't spoil anything more than what's in the trailer or whatever but in my opinion like for this movie the less you know about it the more enjoyable it will be so but i know it's been out for a while so those of you who are going to see it in the theaters have probably already seen it so we'll definitely go into it but just remember we do have a spoiler section later in our review where we can actually talk about um this movie in, in more detail but okay so my review of the gift all in all i really liked this movie and it was interesting because i went into it expecting to really like it in fact i would like to say that it is my sheer force of convincing power that made the screeners do a review on this movie because none of the rest of y'all wanted to see it but i really wanted to see it so i liked the idea that was presented in the trailer and i was just like in the mood for a good psychological thriller so i wanted to see this movie and we when we went to see it we went with some friends and i totally expected that they would like it i expected everyone to like it because it just looked like a good you know thriller and it had good reviews and whatever but it turned out that the people that we went with didn't like it. Uh, they found it really boring and predictable, and they felt like the ending was a letdown. So, like, after hearing their opinion of the movie, I had to, like, stop and think about the movie to decide how I personally felt about it. I will say that I quite disagree with them. I enjoyed it all the way through. I did not find it boring at all, um, although I, I do agree that parts of it are predictable. I think that I like this movie for the reasons that they didn't like it because and I think the reasons that it's predictable and maybe feels a little bit boring is because it's something that could totally happen in the real world, in my opinion. Like it's not a blown out of proportion Hollywood eyes type story. There are not crazy, like ridiculous, impossible plot twists or hyper realistic characters like it's something that that could actually happen in real life. And so for that reason, I kind of loved it. And I, f I did find it thrilling and like a slow burn sort of like tracking along with this story. Like, yeah, this could totally happen. And a part of me maybe would have liked to see the more extreme Hollywood version of this story because those movies have their own appeal. But I liked the appeal of this like subdued version. Um, and obviously there's a ton that I would want to talk about in spoilers. Um, because really, like, any comments on this movie are, are already spoiling it a little. Um, like, I saw the trailer only twice, and even just in those two times, there were, I found out way more about this movie than I would have liked to know. Like, I would have enjoyed it way more to not see the trailer at all. So, having said all of that, though, because uh, I, I really, really did enjoy the movie, and I think it's it makes for good discussion... I don't think that it I don't think that it's one that's going to like stick with me for a long time. And I I don't probably think I'll watch it again. I don't think I'll go around like recommending it to people as some like amazing mind-bending phenomenon or whatever, but I think it was solid. I think it was intriguing and I think it was worth the watch for sure. Awesome. So, so the gift was a gift to you. Well, <laughs> hey. you could put it that way. That's that big bucks. Hey -o. <laughs> All right, Chad. So my question is, when you unwrapped the gift, mm. oh dear, did you I like what it. you found? I unwrapped that bad boy. Well, you know, this is this is a difficult review for me because the one thing, 
The one thing that I can simply cannot deny as I watched this movie and as I walked out of the movie and, and reflected upon what I'd just seen is that there is clearly a palpable sense of tension that is consistently built throughout this movie. And then beyond that, and Melody is right, I think we probably need to all give our give our quick thoughts on this and jump right into spoilers so that we can actually talk about the movie. The tension throughout is is excellent. And what I can't deny is that the last third, the the shell game, if you will, that the director is playing with us is very interesting. And I wanted to know what was happening. Uh, I think that this is a this is a case for me where a lot of the things that I did not enjoy about this movie were intentional. And so I, it makes me then have to reflect on why that is. The director, who is also, this is Joel Edgerton's, this is his directorial de- debut. He's also the screenwriter. He does some things in the setup to this movie that are frustrating, that I do think are, I'll disagree with Melody just a little bit about a couple of things. There are some things in here where the coincidence is so mind-bendingly staggering for it to work out how it's supposed to work out that I just had a really hard time swallowing some of that stuff. But a lot of the precursor to these events are very solidly rooted in the genre, in this genre. This is a genre that was very popular when I was growing up. The It, it was called the, the blank from hell person, right? It's the neighbor from hell, the ex-boyfriend from hell or whatever that is essentially without saying anything, terrorizing people. And so I liked it, but all the things that I didn't like about it, which are many, and we'll talk about them in spoilers, I think were part of the experience that he did on purpose to play up the tropes in this genre. So on the one hand, I really didn't like it. Like my notes when I left the theater, I wrote down like 20 things just immediately off the top of my head, like, oh, I can't stand this, and I can't believe they did that, and why did they do that? But then again, I was like, but I was totally in its spell because I, I was in it. I wanted to know what happened. I felt like I'd just been through a, a very good, intense experience. So I, I, I'm really interested to get into spoilers. So I, on the one hand, it's not a bad movie at all. And the performances are solid throughout, especially Edgerton. I thought he was extremely good, as he usually is. But I can't fully embrace it either. And, and maybe I'll come around to it after I hear from you guys. So uh, I liked it, but didn't like it. So there you go. I'm having my cake and eating it too. Thank you very much. <laughs> nice. All right, Daniel, you've already kind of led with your your feelings, your overall feelings on the film. So tell us why you enjoyed The Gift. Yeah, well, for the most part, uh, I probably enjoyed it because this isn't normally the type of movie I, I like. For some reason, just thrillers aren't really my genre. Um, this is probably one I would normally wait for Redbox, but you know, I, I just really enjoyed it. I, it, it surprised me at, at many times. I, I didn't find it predictable. Uh, I, I, I was trying to figure out what was going on. Exactly what Chad said. I wanted to know what was happening because I sort of thought I knew what was going on and then things would change and then it would change again. It, it, it just, it kept me on my toes enough to keep me in the game, and um, it was very well written. I thought uh, the characters felt lived in and, and and believable, and a lot of the credit goes to the performances as well, uh, especially Jason Bateman. Joel Edgerton, of course, uh, was was incredible. He's the you know the unique character, but Jason Bateman, um, I've never really been too impressed uh, from anything dramatic from him, but um, he really uh, sold the character for me. So yeah, I just I was I was on my toes. It turned out to be a very satisfying uh, film for me. Okay, great. I'm not going to say too much because I want to get into spoilers. <clears throat> this this movie definitely has a slow pace that I found um, actually haunting and quite quite a good way of getting me into the world. I never felt honestly safe with any of the characters in this movie and I wasn't sure who was going to do what or even why and a lot of you know we're just kind of dropped in the middle of a a couple and we don't know a whole lot about them we don't know who is what their past was like what and it's just over the course of the the two hours we get to learn a lot about who they are who they were and I found that fascinating just as a kind of 
character study just to kind of I felt like these were characters who were lived in and these were actual characters so I really enjoyed that another thing I liked a lot is that there were many red herrings that kept me guessing I wasn't sure what pieces of information were important and what weren't and that's what kind of kept me guessing and I really quite enjoyed so let's go ahead and move straight into spoilers but before we do I'd like always like to ask the question should our audience, the people who are listening to the podcast, go see this movie in theaters? Because they probably don't have a whole lot of time. They may have already be out of theaters. But would you recommend that they see this movie in theaters or maybe even see this movie at all uh, if, if they can on video on demand or Blu-ray or whatever? So, Melody, should people see The Gift? Yeah, I think I think people should see The Gift if they like movies. I don't think there's any need at all to see it in a theater. I think you could totally do it on demand or whatever. But it's definitely it's a fun movie to you know see with a group of people. I think it definitely lends itself to conversation, um, so that's always fun. But yeah, I think it's a solid movie. It's good. Chad, how about you? Yes, I can confidently recommend this movie just because it is. It's one of those movies that puts you into a place and makes you it gets you in the feels. I mean, you're going to feel <laughs> something. And mm-hmm. if I if I had a nickel for every movie I saw in the summertime that I left and was like, you know, I don't even why not even do that for three hours? This is not that film. You will feel something one way or the other. And I'm always for movies that can make make that happen. So, and I would say. I'm in agreement with Melody. You don't have to see this movie in the theater, but I think you should see this movie when it comes out on Blu-ray. Uh, it's it's definitely worth a watch. Daniel? Absolutely. Uh, definitely see the movie. Yeah, the, uh, I agree with the consensus. You can probably wait for, for uh, on-demand or DVD or whatever, but um, it's definitely, definitely worth a watch, uh, especially if you like to be intrigued. Although, let me say this. Yeah. Let me say this real quick, Chris. It, sure. the, one benefit of seeing it in the theater, and I won't I won't say what this is until we get the spoilers. It has one of my top, and I'm I'm sort of a horror aficionado. <laughs> I have lots of them. Yes. Has one of the best jump scares in the history <laughs> of jump scares, and it's yes. a it's a hundred percent based on how loud the audio cue is. <laughs> but true. holy crap, it was worth it. And I was in but the it, movie theater by myself. Like, dang it. It was great. It was it was really good. Sorry, go ahead. I just remember laughing hysterically after it because the person that we were seeing it with literally No, the person we were seeing it with screamed so loud. Like the whole theater was laughing at the scream. It was really funny. They were laughing through their terror. (laughs) Yeah, well Well, that too. And and I yeah. that's a, <laughs> it was a jump scare, but it was not one of the normal jump scares. It was, earned. Used to, it was earned. That's it. That's exactly yeah. correct. Okay, so um, I will definitely recommend The Gift. I, I'd say don't watch the trailer, and if you're looking for a change in pace, The Gift is perfect. All right, let's move into spoilers. The first rule of Fight Club is you do not talk about Fight Club. Well, you look nervous. Is it the scars? You want to know how I got him? But there's so many places it would never occur to a hawk to hide. However, the reason the Führer's brought me off my Alps in Austria and placed me in French cow country today is because it does occur to me. Because I'm aware what tremendous feats human beings are capable of once they abandon dignity. And in the dream, I knew that he was going on ahead. He's fixing to make a fire somewhere out there in all that dark and all that cold. And I knew that whenever I got there, he'd be there. And then I woke up. All right, so is there anything that we want to discuss straight away? I know, Chad, you said there are several things that you wanted to talk about, so why don't you kind of throw a couple of those things our way and see what we what we thought about it. Let's start with the end in mind, right? So sure. am, am I to believe that... The grand. So, first of all, the coincidence of the fact that these people moved to California and he just sees them shopping. Okay, I can. Okay, I can get behind that. Okay, dude, karma. Okay, yeah, I can get. I get it. I get it. That's <laughs> true. Uh, but the ending. Am I? Am I to believe that Gordo's plan was she's going to faint and I'm going to be there and then I'm going to rape her or not rape her? But if I do rape her. I'm going to count on the fact that she's ovulating this one day of the month, and I'm going to get her pregnant. 
and that's enough. I mean, was that the plan? No, I don't think he had that plan laid out. I think he took advantage of the opportunity. And I don't think he impregnated her, in my personal opinion. Right. Well, and, and to me, that's beside the point. I mean, I like the fact right. that it left it open. I'm just thinking, like, because he kept saying things like, the past is not done with you. And so he had well, this. Well, yeah, he was going to plot until he figured out a way to get even. And this yeah. opportunity came upon him, and he took advantage of it. And, and you have to remember, <clears throat> there's been like nine months that have passed sure. in between the point when we had last seen him. And so, you know, he did. he did this thing i have it in a feeling just to kind of freak him out and then as soon as he had learned that she was pregnant he thought you know what? i'm gonna hold on to this and really play with his mind later on down the road and just kind of really get him good so i i feel like at at at, at some point at some points during the film he had decided he was only going to take it this far and no further. And I like the fact that this didn't turn into like a what I thought it was going to be from the trailer or from, you know, just right. normal thrillers. Just everybody killing one another. You know what I mean? And there's, you know, all this kind of crazy stuff and it just ends horrible. And But it, it was the role reversal that I, I trusted Jason Bateman. I thought that he was a fairly decent guy. And then I learn more and more and more about him. And then all of a sudden I start to realize just how much I actually identified more with Joel Edgerton, how I would feel if that was done to me. And it was just, it was just, I just didn't know how to feel. And then the wife too, with the, you know, the, the drug issues that she was having. And it was just, Oh man, I was really just, I just wasn't sure who to trust or what to think. And sure. it was, it was great. I loved that feeling. It was, it was great. I think they switched it around so many times that that I, I, I it was weird how I started to to identify with Gordo like and I felt but so awful about that but I was like oh man I really I get what he's doing and then yeah and right but I loved uh, the, the the open end of it all I loved that uh, you guys don't even agree on what happened in the end man. I, I think he was just going with the flow and um, all yeah. these awful things kept happening and he was he just kept uh kept going along with it and it was all happening he let them unravel i mean that is the bottom line i mean he just watched he just was an impetus to allow this to unravel yeah i guess part of my problem from a character standpoint specifically as it relates to jason bateman's character is that outside of his interactions with his wife he is so cartoonishly evil um, and I know we don't know that at the beginning, but when it when his character is revealed and the way that he acted with you know with Gordo, where he essentially attacked him in the in the garage, it just for me it stretched. What? Wow! Yes, really? I so disagree with you. Yeah, it stre- yeah. Hold on, it stretches how a real person would act. It really does. It's str- oh, because if he no, no, no. if he's going there to quote unquote save his marriage, okay, and his wife has said you're going to apologize, and he he's goes not. there, he he goes there just to do it, and then it takes like nothing for him to to kick him and throw him down and do all this stuff, and then all the little things along the way where he's just like immediately as soon as it turns that corner, it, he just didn't feel like. A real person to me. It no, was like he that needs, you have not he, met one of these people. He, I think the pathological crit- liar. Sure, yeah. but I think the critique is is if anything, it's kind of like corporate culture where you lie and everything is okay. I get that. It's just it, it, it the way that his character was written to me. It just if it, it played false for me. I just didn't think. I don't know. I just didn't. I just didn't buy it. I didn't buy it's, it. I think that's what is power. And and when he couldn't, when Gordo wouldn't accept his apology, he 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 had to regain his power. He couldn't let Gordo get away with that. And I don't think he took it too far. I think this didn't turn into like some crazy horror movie where I think the unbelievable version of this would be that Jason Bateman's character started like legitimately attacked Gordo and and yeah. beat him to shreds or something like that. But he he just he sort of beat him up, but not even really. He just sort of pushed him and and um, yeah. I totally believed it. Totally, it was so yeah. real. Yeah, no, the yeah, phys- and, and the Joel physical- Edgerton. Go ahead, Joel Edgerton. You know, you know, reclused back and in, into like you know. That's the great thing is, is that Gordo's character never broke that physical boundary, which I I liked a lot. He didn't try and fight back. He climbed in, he, and I was waiting for him to explode because in another movie that would have happened. I was waiting for him in the in the hotel in the hotel. I'm sorry, in the hospital to hurt the wife. I was waiting for something him him to get physical in some way shape or form and he, he he didn't he 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 played true to the the uh the victim 
at being the victim his entire life. And I thought that was that scene in particular in the the parking garage, I found to be horrifying and totally changed uh, what I was thinking about those characters. It was it was crazy. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I don't think that the scene played false. I just think that the character motivation all the way through was just it was it was such a hard turn so fast that it was just. I, you know, I just think there's yeah, a little more nuance. That's what that. happens to like the, the pathological liar when their web of lies like starts caving in on them. Like there's a intense emotion behind that because like this guy buys so deeply into the lies that he is like woven into his life that uh, like there's a part of him that completely believes like that his version of the truth is true. And I, I think like he forgets the actual past to create this new version of the truth that he emotionally buys into like he emotionally like when he's interacting with his wife he's not interacting like like he's faking that he's interacting from a place of believing these lies that he's that he's built and it's very intriguing he's so all that's why it's so hard to know if you can trust him or not because in those scenes he's so all into his version that that his emotions are are playing from that version of the truth so like the remorse that you see from him or the concern or the anger or the love or the pain like all of the stuff he emotes becomes less and less trustworthy as you see like the actual truth of his past and like to me that's why it's so compelling is like we've all met people like that to greater or lesser degrees and when you're a pathological liar like you think you can get away with with lying if nobody sees or if nobody can prove you wrong, you, you like it'll mess you up. And so that's why I thought the wife's character was so interesting, like with her with her drug abuse and her miscarriage and her like feelings of being crazy. Like, I am sure that all of that stuff is a part of her life because of being married to this pathological liar who has made her kind of sort of crazy. So like all of those dynamics were what I found so compelling about this story way more than than the actual even interactions with with Gordo and all of that. It's just like the consequences of this guy's life that he believes he has escaped. And like that's why there is such anger. Like that's why I don't think it's cartoonish at all. I think it's completely believable because he thinks he's left that like he has buried that and he thinks it's over and he thinks that there's no way it could be proved otherwise. And so that's why, like, I don't know. That's why his emotions are so deep in my yeah, opinion. When people, start, when people start believing the truth, that is a big threat to him. And that's right, like, why you see the explosion. I mean, it, it, yeah, he, fe- he feels like the consequences of what are happening to him are not even fair because he believes this altered version of the truth. And that's why it's so compelling. Okay. I yeah, didn't. I mean, I, yeah, no, I can, I can, I can see that. I can see it. I can see it. It just there to me. There were just there were just so many little things like where he drew through his name and wrote weirdo on the on the refrigerator. It's obvious that he's going to see that. But I was trying to put yeah. myself. Why would he do that? I mean, why would you? Even if you t- you just told your wife you called him weirdo, why would you write it on the? I mean, come on, really? I so it was just it was so dumb and such a plot point. It was like really, so so that that just kind of put me in a bad place about that character already because it got me. I was like, no adult would do that. You would tell your wife we called him weirdo, but you wouldn't go over and draw his name out and write the word weirdo. I mean, really? He's mean. He's mean. He, I get that, it. That's the first crack that you're beginning to see that he is. Actually, a bully. I get why they did it. I just don't buy it as a believable action. But, but I think Melody's okay. argument is is on point. It's absolutely on point. So, yeah, I, that was I, the only point that was very obvious. You knew exactly what was going to happen when he drew his name out. That was the only thing I really uh, disliked about the movie. But the rest of it was totally believable, in my opinion. Yeah. Okay. All right. Anything else that we oh, want to discuss? It's, wor- it's worth mentioning that this, I think, has a ninety-three percent on Rotten Tomatoes, if I'm not mistaken. Something really, really, really high. Yeah, I looked uh, right before we started recording. I think it's ninety-three. Am I right, Chris? It is a ninety-three percent. I mean, yeah. so you wow. guys, you know, so you guys must be right, and I'm stupid. Yep, pretty much. But I well, did like the movie. I did like the movie. Just the the Bateman character gave me problems, but yeah, it's it's affecting. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think it it's just, it's it's a good thriller, and if you're looking for that, I, I think I think it's a really well done deep thriller. Okay, all right. Well, let's move on to our second review of the podcast. You're listening to the Screeners Podcast. All right, for the next event in our doubleheader, we have 
the man from uncle we recently discovered the existence of an international criminal organization with ties to former nazis rumor has it they built an atom bomb we have no choice but to work together to infiltrate this organization we'll leave you two to get acquainted Napoleon Solo, the CIA's most effective agent. Julia Kuriaki. KGB, the youngest man to join in their best within three years. America is teaming up with Russia. Things could get a little messy. The thing is, I work better alone. I work better alone too. Okay, I'll let you tag along. Don't make me put you over my knee. So you want to wrestle? No, I did not say that. Shall we? You're a special agent, you're not having a very special day, are you? Do uh, these belong to you or to me? All right, the, the IMDb description reads, In the early 1960s, a CIA agent and KGB operative participate in a joint mission against a mysterious criminal organization which is working to proliferate nuclear weapons. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> All right, so we've had many uh, spy movies this year, and we have even a couple more to come. But what did y'all think about The Man from Uncle? Chad, what is your opinion? You know, I love movies that evoke feelings in me of kind of classical filmmaking styles. And I, and speaking of style, I like movies that put an emphasis on style. A movie like Ocean's Eleven comes to mind, you know, where where everything looks glitzy and glamorous in the midst of all kinds of, of, of different things. And so, on the one hand, I think this movie is uh, is super cool, right? And, and cool, I think, is the, is the word that keeps coming to my mind just because I believe that that's the intention of this filmmaker and the only intention of this filmmaker for this, for this movie, Guy Ritchie. I think that they're trying to just make a movie that is cool. A fun movie that's cool. There really isn't a lot of substance, and the coolness of it is just is kind of the point. I do have to say, though, that for a longer period than normal for me at the beginning of this movie, maybe, and again, I'm just guessing, but maybe like 40, 45 minutes into this movie, the pace was very languid. It was just really dull, and I was... I was really worried because I couldn't make myself care about any of it. I just was, I was like, just kept waiting for it to get started. And I don't mean from an action standpoint. I just mean, I just didn't really have any, any buy-in and I, I was bored. But there's a, without giving away anything, there's, there's a twist or a surprise, I should say, that happens or a surprise to me uh, about 45 minutes in. And from that point forward, the movie really came to life for me. I was more invested in the characters. I enjoyed the action and the character development that happened within the action was a lot more a lot more enjoyable for me. I I really enjoyed the performances uh, of Henry Cavill and Army Hammer, especially the chemistry between those two in the later parts of the film. It's a good-looking film, but overall, I don't know that this is a film that I would revisit again. I definitely would, you know, there's several movies from this summer that I would want to watch again. I don't know that this one is on there, but overall, I have to say that I did like it. I, I, I left it, and I was like, I was entertained. Cinematography was great. Uh, I liked some of the character beats. It was kind of slow at the beginning, but overall, uh, it's, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say to my surprise, uh, I, I really did like it, and I don't have any attachment, as old as I am, I am the elder statesman here, <laughs> I, don't, I don't have any attachment to the original television series, so... Does anyone? I, no, I don't know, Chris? <laughs> no, no. You guys no, were like I, negative 20 when it came nope. out or something. Uh, so, but, but overall, I, I must say that I, was, I liked it more than I, more than I thought. All right, Chad liked it more than he thought. Chris, did you like it at all? Uh, yeah, no, I did. I liked it quite a bit. I'm a huge fan of the spy genre, period. I own all of the James Bond films, love Mission Impossible. I, I really like spies and that world, the, the espionage, uh, secrecy, topsy, all that kind of stuff I really get into and like a lot. So, you know, I wasn't really sure going into this movie what the tone was going to be. Um, I wasn't exactly sure what to expect. I knew it was going to be a Guy Ritchie movie, and that's pretty much all that I knew. And so I knew that it would have his stamp. And I have to say, uh, I, th I think Chad said it pretty accurately that, that this movie is all about style. 
style, 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 style from editing, uh, style. Because I mean, there's a lot of like um, splits. Yeah, a lot of. Well, I guess yeah, I guess that's true. A lot of picture in picture, a lot of split screen stuff, a lot of style uh, from the clothes to direction, all that stuff. It's it is it is at 110 percent the entire time. I really felt like it was a mixture of like the tone of, of Men in Black with the seriousness that we're getting with Bond. And they're trying to merge those two things together in a mix that I think worked pretty well. You know, it didn't take itself too seriously. The actors were really fun and funny to watch. Even saying that, though, it was pretty forgettable. There was a lot of moments in this movie that I don't think I'm going to remember in six months. Uh, looking back, if somebody says, what did you think of The Man and Uncle? I'd be like, oh, what was what happened? There are a couple of things that stick out. There was you know, a funny moment uh, involving a packed lunch and a funny moment involving a torture sequence. But other those two things, I'm not exactly sure I'm going to remember a whole lot from this movie, other than the fact that I enjoyed it. And if somebody said, hey, you want to watch that? I, I might say, sure, I'll watch that again. But other than that, you know, it was a fun ride. It was packed full of style. But I'm not exactly sure it's something that I've, I'll ever gravitate to again. All right, so sort of a so-and-so for Chris. What about you, Melody? Well, I really did not want to see this movie at all. I have zero connection to the source material, and I felt like I was already a little burned out with the spy movies, and we still have Bond coming out later. So, like, why is this movie even being made? Nobody wants this movie. Why is it here? Where does it come from? Whatever. It didn't look like anything spectacular. And I don't think it was anything spectacular. It was pretty much exactly what I thought it would be, which is... Bond-like, but with two of them, right? However, <laughs> I kind of really liked it. Uh, <laughs> Saw that now, beautiful if, man meet. <laughs> she that's really what I was going to say, if <laughs> I'm being completely honest. I mean, Hugh Grant was in it, too. So, like, for her, she was, like, over the moon. <laughs> Hugh Grant, Henry I mean, Cavill. Hugh Armstrong. Grant is great, but I was probably pretty distracted the whole film trying to decide <laughs> once and for all if Army Hammer or Henry Cavill makes the more attractive spy. And I'm sorry uh, to tell you that I have not come listen, to a definitive conclusion. There is, there is no, there's point. no debate there. Look, I, I know that I love me some Superman, and so it's kind of <laughs> not fair, but Henry Cavill is a gorgeous man. I mean, I'm yeah, just going to say know, it. I'm at the married, beginning of the child, film, he's a I would have said Henry Cavill, but Army Hammer really grew on me, and so it was a great <laughs> struggle in my mind, really, throughout the whole film. Uh, so that's which, what you were thinking which, about. <laughs> that's really, truly exactly. what I was probably thinking about. Was. So, yes. okay, that distraction may have uh, stopped me from, from seeking out any of major plot holes or failures of this movie. <laughs> I just went to enjoy it for what it was, and I did, right? So... I will say I did enjoy the dynamic of the two of them being, you know, in the the constant competition and just their whole relationship. That was that was compelling um, to me. And it did make it a little bit fresh. And Guy Ritchie, like I really hated Guy Ritchie for a long time. And I guess he's growing on me because I have liked his his last few films. But the stylized stuff is it worked it totally worked for this movie so i liked it i i liked the man from uncle more like the you like the men from uncle <laughs> oh, <laughs> precisely oh, that was good. Uh, there you go there you go <laughs> well done daniel well done all right well i definitely didn't like it as much as any of you um all right it's so hard for me to even review it right now because you can't I remember any of it <laughs> can't remember any of it um yeah. Well, it, was, it wasn't that it, you know it wasn't terrible uh i can't remember anything specifically bad about it but for me i didn't find it uh you know it was stylish but not stylish enough uh, it was funny but not funny enough it was just sort of there uh, i found about halfway through the movie I, I realized I had no idea what the plot of the movie was. I had no idea. I I, I had forgotten completely. But I, really, does it matter? Well, I wasn't as distracted as you, Melody. But <laughs> it was. It was. I don't know. Take your shirt off, Henry Cavill. <laughs> I was just bored. Um, you know, like I said, the, I agree. I was bored the first forty-five minutes, big time. I mean, and it never came back for me. There were sure there were some funny moments, but um, overall, I I I can't pick out anything that I really liked. I, you know, I and I even I went back and um, I rewatched uh, Sherlock Holmes that same day to sort of see about the style, see if Man from Uncle did it for me style stylistically enough. And man, Sherlock Holmes, which was 
about what six years ago now 2009 was, uh, yeah was way more stylish uh than man from uncle uh, obviously a different style of course but it was it was so much more intriguing uh just just from the looks alone and then and then furthermore kingsman from this year oh uh, yeah very oh, very yeah. similar to the man from uncle uh in in style even though kingsman took place in present day uh stylistically it felt you know sort of retro and yep. and um it was it was 10 times the movie this it is. was 20 10, billion times the movie oh, kingsman man. is amazing for sure kingsman, kingsman yeah, was awesome. to- totally agree it was yep. so much more stylish it was so much more funny so much more intriguing um it just uh, you know it's Maybe it's unfair to compare movie to movie, but I would I would watch Kingsman a hundred times before I would ever watch this one again. Not because, like I said, I can't figure out anything I specifically dislike. It was just, eh, like I can't think of another word. It was just, eh. Yeah, whatever. it was un it was unoffensive. Yeah, is what it is. Yeah, yeah and I, I just I, was. Yeah. I think part of the problem is that, and this is what I was saying at the beginning, is that I think the only thing this movie really has on its mind is that it looks cool. Yeah. And that's it. Yep. And so that doesn't, it doesn't even now, look that cool. <laughs> and it does well, I think it I disagree there a little bit. It doesn't look like Guy Ritchie's typical over the top Sherlock Holmes ish kind of everything is crash zooms and the overcranked uh action. It didn't have any of that stuff, but I think it for the period that it was set in, I thought it looked it looked really beautiful. But it didn't have any of that style, I agree. And I you guys have ta- Chris mentioned specifically the split screen. I hated that. Not only did I not like it, I hated it. Not just the split screen, but the action beats toward the end. The cutting was so frenetic and so uh, the composition of some of the quick shots were it was maddening. It was impossible to understand the space and the context of what was happening. The staging and editing to me was a real distraction. Uh, and it was only only towards the end in a couple of the bigger bigger pieces. So, I, for me, it was like the one thing that you, that would maybe have helped it more was maybe a little more Guy Ritchie style. But then when he started doing it, I was like, no, I don't want any more of that style. Just keep that, <laughs> keep that away. Um, so anyway, but overall, it was yeah, it's totally forgettable. I think we're all we're yeah. all ringing that bell. Well, any other uh, final opinions before we move into spoilers? Do we even need to do a spoilers? <laughs> yeah. What are we going to talk about? I don't know. I, don't know. <laughs> I, don't know. I thought that was I mean, you guys. know what was funny is that when Chris said it had this this scene with the executioner thing and I, or an electric chair, and I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot torture, about that. Torture. <laughs> torture thing. It's like, yeah, that thing happened. Well, those are my those two those two scenes I was you know laughing out loud and having a good time in and being like, this yeah. is ridiculous and that that is that is it. Like it, it was a ridiculous movie. That is yeah. absolutely that, that was when I was having the most fun as when it was full into its knowing it was ridiculous. I don't think we need to talk about spoilers. I mean, what are we going to say? I agree. Now I do have a question yeah. though because I was going to ask you guys this in spoilers later. So I have if I'm confessing the truth here, and I always when I'm seeing a movie, I try to be honest about how I felt about it. At the very you're going to pick Army Hammer? Is that the, what you're going to say? No, no, Henry. Ha- come Hammer. on, dude, Superman. <laughs> have you seen Man of Steel where he takes his shirt off? <laughs> I mean, Dude, I have, we oh, all want me. to have that. Come on. I'm, I'm um, with you. So the very last scene where Hugh Grant comes out and all three of oh, we're okay, spoilers for the end. So the when, good guys win. Yeah. When <laughs> Hugh Grant comes out and all three of them are there and he gives them the code name, you're now team uncle and all that stuff. A little part of my heart said, you know what? I think I'd be all right with another one of these. Cause I really did. The one thing that I did Probably like, be better. The one thing was the, was the chemistry between the two main yep. guys when they were like yeah. at each other's throat. And I, I liked the, the, um, the character that Henry Cavill created the intonation with how he delivered his lines. Yes. I liked yes. all of that. I thought it was yeah. super smug and I, and I enjoyed it. I thought it was appropriate. So I like that, but anyway, I'm probably the only one that felt that way. So. No, I I I did. <laughs> I would watch them again. We, uh, I would say okay, that's I'm not so the surprised. right question to ask my wife. <laughs> she totally was into. Totally no, but crushing. I do agree with you. I liked the characters too. I said that in my review. The characters, as I do air quotes, <laughs> characters <laughs> from the pen from Uncle. No, I. It's interesting you say that because when so because none of us have any association with this All when right. he said. You're now called the code name Uncle, and it was like, oh, we're, he's going to explain what that means, and he didn't. I don't. I still yeah. don't know what it. Means. The credits what does it mean? explain the credits, it. It says yeah. it right it on there. It. What did it say? I, I don't, don't even, I didn't see it. I can't Chris, remember. If we can't remember scenes. We're not going to remember the credits. Come on, bro. 
I thought you were going to say that was infuriating to you because that really bugged me. I no, was like, it did. Oh. It was one of the first things oh. that they showed in the credits. Yeah. I'll, right, well, I'll find it, it for you. Yeah. Let's let's go around and ask if we're going to see it in the movie theater or rent it, and I'll look this up. All right, Chad, you first. You're going to have to look it up. I can't. I'm looking it up. <laughs> I'm looking it up. I'm so sorry. I have to go last. <laughs> All right, Chris, you're going to tell people to see it in theaters, rent it, on demand, or skip it altogether? Uh, I would say it's a, it's a rent, uh, or maybe even wait till it's on HBO or Netflix. Uh, it's a solid, you know, silly movie. It's, like I said, it's unoffensive. So if you're in the mood for something that would be a little bit silly and uh, have a lot of style in it, yeah, you'll like you'll like Man from Uncle. All right, Melody, how about you? Yes, everyone should see this oh, cinematic masterpiece of <laughs> masculine beauty. Uh, no, <laughs> I, like Chris, Chris said, yeah, it's fun. Chris, it's, it's, oh, it's you need to get control of your wife over there. She's first. First, I mean, I she, thought your marriage. She, I didn't want to see this the, movie in the danger zone because of Jurassic I didn't even Park. Want to but see it's, it. it's actually because Henry yeah. Cavill is about to take her heart away. She disses Jurassic Park <laughs> and is now like crushing on. That's it, uh, Chad. Are you ready yet to give your opinion? I am. The series is stands for United Network Command for Law and Enforcement. Well, that's about the most generic thing I've heard. <laughs> You're yeah, welcome. It's like Shield. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, I don't think you should see this in the theater. I don't think you should skip – well, you know, I don't know. You could skip this one. I, I very rarely say skip a movie because I'm pro everybody seeing all the movies. But you could skip this one, and you won't be any any worse for wear. Uh, although if you do see it, I think you will probably enjoy some of it and then forget about it. Yeah, I'm uh, pretty right in line with what you said, Chad. I mean, it, you, you, you might enjoy it if you watch it, but um, – this movie will not be in anyone's memory in about a year and a half. Uh, I'm, I, I'm not sure there will be a sequel because it's not making much money. Even if there is, this is just, you will, your life will be the same whether you see this one or not. So uh, see it if you want, but uh, I probably won't ever see it again. Hey, guys, I fun think we'll fact. forget about it in a day and a half, <laughs> not a year fun, and a half. Fun fact. The Great Gatsby, both Joel Edgerton and Elizabeth Dubinsky, who plays the bad girl in this, were were in uh, uh, The Great Gatsby. That's insane. Uh, both of our movies have a tie together. Wow. It's a wonderful way to end. That's incredible. I don't know uh, what to say incredible. to that. My mind is blown. Wow. 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 Yeah, you're right. It's only made $30 million so far. Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. Fun fact, it made less of its budget back than Fantastic Four did in its opening weekend. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, that's bye-bye, man from UNCLE. You're listening to the Screeners Podcast. All right, guys. Well, that wraps it up for this episode. And I must note that we are heading into a bit of a dry spell for theater films. So we are going to be re- reviewing some other things here on the Screeners Podcast. So if you guys have anything that you would particularly like to hear us argue about, please let us know. You can find us on Facebook. Just search for Screeners Podcast. Or you can send us an email, screenerscast at gmail.com. Or leave us a comment at screenerspodcast.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and help spread the word about this awesome way to hear some awesome media talk from some especially awesome people, right? And we will talk to you guys next time. And that's a wrap. You've heard what the screeners had to say. Now you be the critic. Head over to screenerspodcast.com and let us know what you think. See you next time.